Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Chats, Good News and Politics with Julien Hoez. This is going to be an episode on Periscope. I thought rather than always doing these YouTube videos where people can't really interact with me live, which is what started this in the first place, I'll work on, you know, making these Periscope videos every once in a while so people get the chance to, you know, ask their questions live and interact directly. So today it's 19 degrees in Amsterdam and Brussels, 22 degrees in Paris, 21 degrees in London, 18 degrees in Bucharest and 23 degrees in Madrid. And there's some good news today where they finally banned that awful medicine treatment for COVID-19 called hydroxychloroquine in France. And this is being banned all over the world because they're finding out that, quite honestly, it doesn't actually work the way it's being described. It's being left in a way, well, it's being used in a way that's actually causing deaths. And it's actually preventing people from recovering by causing a number of breathing issues, issues with lungs and issues with immune systems, I believe. So thankfully, Didier Holtz and Donald Trump's favorite treatment for this issue is gone. And for me, that's great news. It means we have less trouble dealing with people dying for no reason and needlessly. Now, today we're going to discuss two things. This is based on some questions that I've been receiving in the last couple of days, but there wasn't too much news on. So first, I'm going to cover what's going on with the EU recovery plan. And next, after that, I'm going to go on to the multi-annual financial framework, the EU's budget, because there's a few developments happening now. Um, of course, like, like usual, guys, I'm here to help you guys understand what's going on in politics. So if you guys have any questions that you want to ask, stick them below. You can DM me on Twitter, you can DM me on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever. If you have a question, just ask it and I will cover it whenever I can. But first of all, there are arguments that are ongoing regarding the Franco-German proposal for the 500 billion euro recovery grant for post-COVID-19. And right now it has only outright, it has Italy and Spain supporting it for understandable reasons because they were hit the hardest by the COVID-19 pandemic in Europe. However, on the other side, you then have Austria, Denmark, the Netherlands and Sweden who are against this plan and they don't want it to be grants, as the French and the German proposal shows. They want these, this money to be given out as loans. Now, the reason for this is that, of course, I've covered this in previous episodes and I believe I even covered this in the episodes I did on the actual proposal itself, that they do not want to be seen as giving free money to people who, in their views, acted irresponsibly during the financial crisis of 2018, during the sovereign eurozone debt crisis in 2012, and since then. Now, this is a fight that's going to continue, even though Germany has now moved away from the frugals and towards the more pro-grant move. But... There's also a number of states in the middle. So, for example, you have Belgium, who wants to find a proposal that uses both grants and loans. You have Finland, who is undecided, but is understandably sensitive to debt mutualization due to how it plays in Finnish politics, which is, funnily enough, one of the reasons that Mark Rutte, the Dutch Prime Minister, is against this. And Malta is also leaning more towards loans than grants because it doesn't want to be seen as taking on too much liability because not only will it affect its economy in its view or in the view of the governing party but it's worried that it's going to be used against the governing party in the next elections now the commission is expected to propose something that is a combination of grants and loans in order to sort of get a compromise through the council and through all the other avenues of the european legislative process 
However, there's a big fight that's going to happen and we need to figure out, you know, is it going to be majority grants with conditionality, for example, or where these countries are going to have to enact economic reforms to make it palatable to the frugal countries, or is it going to be mostly grants in a victory for the French and the Germans and also the Italians and the Spanish? There's also the issue of the allocation of this funding. Which countries are going to get more? How is this going to be done? There are proposals that it's going to be done based on hits to GDP and economies, based on you know, uh, the number of companies that close, the reduction in GDP, the fact that countries have lost workforce availability, for example, people losing their jobs that can't be recovered after this, or people being furloughed for X amount of times, blah, blah, blah. There's a number of ways this can be cut and hung, but we're going to have to wait and see how this goes, because this is going to be debated from the proposal being given out today to the next couple of weeks. It's going to take time. And then we have the question of how is this going to actually make it through the voting process. Now, if people want, I'm planning on doing a bunch of videos on how people, how the EU works, including the voting system. If people want me to, you know, prioritize certain things, you know, let me know in the comments on the YouTube channel I'm going to be posting this to. Um, send me a message on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, to see what you'd like prioritized. Do you want the treaties? But in this case, um, if we're looking at the qualified majority of the European Council, the voting system that's in place for the majority of votes, um, this kind of proposal would need to have 55% of the member states, or 15, as well as 65% of the total EU population per EU country. It's a complicated way of dealing with this. I can break it down further in depth, but for these short Periscope videos, I'm not going to go too in-depth into this, but for the time being, we have, I believe it's four member states for the proposal, or the Franco-German proposal, sorry, four against and 19 undeclared, with 57.65% of the population for it, 9.45% against, and 32.89% undeclared, so we don't have a majority in any way. This is where the negotiations are going to be important. Of course, this is going to change form as the months go on, we're going to have to wait and see what goes on. But you know what? It's um, The EU is a complicated project. If we're all working together, we need to make sure that we're all li listening to each other and actually coming together. And I'm hoping that the the moves to... I'm really hoping that the moves to convince the frugal countries, so the Netherlands particularly, on the merits of this plan for, you know, what I'm going to call Eurobonds, because for me it is a form of Eurobond. To deal with this crisis, I think that it's important to do so, and I think that it's going to benefit everybody. It's not just the case of countries abusing this. I don't think it's the case of countries taking money from the countries that have saved and then splashing the cash on nonsense policies as some people have presented them. I think this is a genuine step that we're going to need to take in European development. This is how the European Union is going to become more able to weather these kind of crises, and how the European Union is going to be able to actually develop into something that can resist the temptation of populists, in my view. Of course, there will be people abusing this regardless, but, you know, they shouldn't be paid any mind. If the countries can actually put this forward and explain it properly, as Macron and Merkel have been doing recently, this can only benefit the EU. Now, the new MFF proposal. So, the main interesting point on this that's coming out at the moment, and this is going to this is being presented again today, so I'll probably do a video on this in depth onto the proposal on Friday. Expect something that's probably going to take six hours to go through and is going to be put all of you to sleep. Please be nice to me, don't brutalize me in the comments. 
Initially, when discussing the multi-annual financial framework or the EU long-term budget for 2021 to 2027, I believe, the Commission proposed three new sources of revenue, which is the main fighting point on this. So, a common consolidated corporate tax base, uh, the EU emissions trading system, and non-recycled plastic packaging waste tax in member states. Now, the common consolidated corporate tax base, as far as I'm aware, is setting a common tax rate for across the EU for corporate businesses. Same thing with the EU emissions trading system is something that's a flat emission tax across the EU and something to tax non-recycled plastic packaging usage and waste across the member states. Now, all of these are unpopular for certain reasons, and this is why, for the most part, they were all going into the bin. A common consolidated corporate tax base, you have countries like the Netherlands and Ireland who are against this due to the fact that they have low tax rates across the EU compared to other countries, which is quite unfair to states that have higher tax rates due to the way this is used to boost their recovery and is used as loopholes for countries such as gaffers, so Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple. The EU emissions trading system was seen by many as being completely ineffective, which is one of the main criticisms and again is seen as being unfairly damaging to countries that you know have a high rate of economic dependence on things that have high emissions. So for example, countries that deal with a lot of coal or countries that whose economies are reliant on you know air travel or the production of manufacturing or manufactured goods that produce a lot of carbon. There were lots of arguments for and against and there were various alliances across the board where people were fighting with one another, where people were arguing, where people didn't want to push this forward and didn't want to move forward. And in fact, the only one that had any serious traction due to the success of the Green parties during the European elections, in particular, was the tax on non-recycled plastic packaging waste. However, the crisis has renewed the debate on all of these topics and it has actually made a lot of these more palatable. And the Franco-German proposal in particular pushed a lot of these forward and made these sort of the renewed sense of the post-Brexit, post-Corona economic foundation, economic recovery plan, because of the fact that with the UK leaving, the EU does need more, more sources of revenue. And these, in many ways, they were seen as good alternative. They were seen as a good way of dealing with the problem. They were seen as a good way of filling the EU's coffers while also managing to increase the EU budget, which is something that people like me have been calling for for a while now. There was also the uh, the French preference for the uh, taxing the digital economy within the EU. Fairly, I might add, for any Americans watching this who are going to be freaking out. Particularly the gaffers, so again, Google, Amazon, Facebook and Apple, who don't necessarily pay taxes in the EU or pay severely reduced taxes despite the fact that they do a large portion of their business in the EU and make immense amounts of money that could be used to actually fund the Green New Deal, the coronavirus recovery plan, the next MFF budget. There is so much money going through these businesses that they, it's, it's, it's unconscionable that these people aren't paying taxes fairly in places like France, Germany, England, Scotland, everywhere. It's unfair, it's just not right, and it shows, in my view, one of the weaknesses of liberal free market policy, even though it's a policy that I do support, this is nonsense. You know, we need to cut this out, we need to cut this down, we need to stop it, we need to start making money off them because they're making money off us. The only problem is that a number of countries, like always, they don't necessarily support this. Or they view it to suspicion, such as the Netherlands, which is 
currently fighting against the idea that a lot of these measures are going to be used to increase the powers of the European economic institutions like the ECB and mean that the Netherlands are paying net contributions to the European projects. Of course, this isn't necessarily the case. But it's the perceptions that matter. It's why a lot of countries need to make the proposals to... They need to make the proposals sound good. They need to make the proposals sound fair to these countries. It needs to sound fair to countries across the board. It needs to work for the Netherlands, the Greece, the Polish, the Spanish, the Portuguese, the French. This can't just be... You know, the Franco-German engine dominating discussions and forcing a proposal on other countries. Because that's not how European solidarity works. That's not how European the European Union should work. That's not how, you know, the fraternity of European countries should function. It's just not fair. Let's be entirely honest. It's just not fair. It's damaging to the respond to the reputation of the EU and it's what this is the kind of thing that will fuel populism in the years to come. We have elections in two years in France. We don't want that. We do not want that at all. Of course, we're going to have to wait and see what is proposed today. I think it's being proposed in maybe two or three hours, I believe, the session is starting. But anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in. I hope that this gave you guys the inf- some good information that you wanted to hear. As always, subscribe to my channel on YouTube, which is where I post the majority of these. You can find this in podcast form on Spotify, on Anchor, on a number of different platforms. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram if you want to see my cat pictures or my pictures of the environment around me in Amsterdam. And as always, guys, share this with your friends and family. You know, give this a good review if you liked it. Send in some questions if you have questions that you want answered. Otherwise, I'll just keep going with what I'm doing. You know, I'm enjoying this. I've been doing this for, what, two months now? And it's been fun. It's enjoyable. It's helping me get the information to you guys that you guys want to hear about. It's helping me to interact with you guys in a way that's a little easier than Twitter, because I know that on Twitter I come across as a bit of a prick. But I'm honestly just doing this to help inform you guys and to help you guys to understand what's going on. That's what I view as my role in politics. I don't care about anything else, quite honestly. This is just about helping you guys to understand what's going on. So guys, thank you very much for tuning in. Share this with your friends and family. Have a nice day. Enjoy the weather. It's going to be nice today. Right now it's looking quite cloudy in Amsterdam, but this is the north of Europe. We're going to see what happens. And yeah. Look after yourselves, enjoy your time, and see you guys on Friday. Take care.